Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. We're going to be talking about all things business growth, brain rewiring, and climbing from a holistic point of view. You can learn more about me and follow me over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching and on my website, ladybetacoaching.com. You'll also find freebies for building your business, brain rewiring, and training for climbing. I am so excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited to have you here today. Today, we are doing a listener question and answer. So I asked for some questions over on Instagram stories and got some really great ones. So I'm very excited to dive into these. So first, let's do some updates. So it's really funny, the uh, setup that I have right now, I just made myself a fresh cup of coffee. It's about 3.30 p.m. on a Wednesday. And what is in my cup? It is Four Sigmatic coffee. It's 50 milligrams of caffeine. So I can drink this and still be able to go to bed tonight. And I seriously love Four Sigmatic. This is not an ad. I am not affiliated with them. Uh, maybe one day we'll we'll see. Here's hoping. But absolutely love this coffee. It makes me feel really energized without being jittery. And the cool thing about Four Sigmatic is they actually have functional mushrooms in them. So the one that I really like has lion's mane and chaga in it. So lion's mane is great for brain function. Chaga is great for health and immunity and this coffee, it just makes me feel awesome. I just love it. Just had to say that. So if you guys are looking for a different coffee that doesn't give you the anxiety, the shakes, the up, and then the crash, this is the one that I use and love. I was really finding out that for a period of time, um, probably because I was drinking cold brew and it has like literally so much caffeine in there, that it was actually giving me anxiety and panic attacks. And I cut out caffeine for almost two years. And then when I went back to drinking coffee again in the mornings, I switched back to this, the or Sigmatic, and it was, it's been so good that I haven't looked back since. So, other updates, um, things that are interesting. I'm actually recording this episode in a closet. I just helped my boyfriend move into his new apartment and sitting in the closet because I think this is going to be the best sound quality. Um, so, looking at all the unpacked boxes and shoes and stuff, and it's just kind of funny. So, I thought I'd just have to share that little visual. Um, welcome to my office. My office today is a closet. So, other things that are exciting and happening if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, May 27th, 2021, holy moly, it's almost June. That means that Elevate is going to be relaunching tomorrow. Oh my gosh, on Friday. I cannot believe it. I am so excited for this. I literally have been waiting for this moment to relaunch this program and... I knew last year that when I wanted to put this out again, the timing had to feel right. I knew it was going to be in the spring at some point. I just didn't know exactly when. So I finally sat down. I brainstormed. I came up with a date and it felt really aligned. It felt really, really good. I just finished up the information page and it looks so good. You guys, I'm so excited for this. So I want to read to you some of the modules that I have. So there are 12 different modules and a ton, a ton of bonus content. Definitely going to share with you as well what that is because that is honestly, it like makes this course totally complete and comprehensive. So some of the modules, and this is just to give you a little bit of an idea, but I'm going to put the information page link in the show notes. So if you want to check out more about Elevate, you can learn more about it there. So some of the modules include the ego, confidence, and overcoming perfectionism. Oh my gosh, this is such a good one. There are not many people that I know and come into contact with that do not struggle with perfectionism. So being able to overcome 
overcome this, holy shit, it's huge. It is absolutely huge. As a coach, I see so many people trying to climb, quote, perfectly. They won't climb in front of other people. They really, like, when they go to train, they, like, need to do it all. It's this black or white mentality, but being able to really help people overcome that, oh my gosh, so much flexibility and freedom can come from that. Other modules, overcoming the fear of falling, oh my gosh, yep, that's a huge one, right? Right there. Like, this is, if you struggle with this, Fear of Falling, Elevate is absolutely your course. This module alone is almost an hour long. And as a bonus for the first week that Elevate is available for sale, I'm also including my two and a half hour long masterclass on overcoming fear of falling. So an even deeper dive into this. And that's as a free bonus for the first week of Elevate being on sale. I'm so excited for it. So that means over three and a half hours of overcoming fear of falling, learning how to have better risk management and really being able to take things to the next level in your climbing. Because for me, being able to finally overcome the fear of falling, like that's why I was able to climb 513 V10. Like all of these things would not have been possible if I allowed myself to stay where I was at and stay stuck and stay put and stay really, really frustrated. So other things, overcoming the comparison trap, that's a huge one. We're gonna be talking all about body image, body confidence, a ton about nutrition, so calories, macros, pre and post-workout nutrition. We're going to be talking a lot about elimination and experimentation. That's what I call them. Diets where if you're not feeling great in your day-to-day -day life, there are definitely things that we can do to start experimenting with different foods to see what makes you feel best and what things maybe don't, what things maybe we need to start cutting out of our diet. And that's not to just to say like cutting things out. I am a firm believer in being able to eat as many foods and as much variety variety as possible in our diets. So being able to figure out and pinpoint exactly which ones make you feel awesome and which ones don't is super, super helpful. If you're somebody that has struggled with energy issues, if you feel tired or sluggish at different points in the day, if your performance is just like, mm, it's not quite where you want it to be, or if you struggle with digestive issues, this can be such a big game changer. That is why I have an entire module on it. I think it is that important. We're also going to be talking all about hormone balance cycle syncing so you can actually learn how to optimize climbing on your period and your cycle this was such a huge game changer in learning how my body works when I'm going to be performing best and what I can do when I'm not in those stages where I'm going to be performing my best but that includes a lot of self-compassion and just kind of switching training up a little bit to where it is more advantageous to do things a little bit differently and it's super fun to be able to play and experiment with that we're also going to be talking all about projecting, visualization, and so much more. And I really want to tell you guys some of the bonus interviews in here because they are so good. We have guest Juliet Hammer. She'll be teaching all about technique for climbing. I brought on Maggie Odette on climbing hard over the age of 40, being short and overcoming the fear of falling. Oh my gosh, she has such a unique method and you guys are absolutely going to love this. I have an interview from Caitlin Holmes. We're talking all about fueling your climbing, intuitive eating. She's a nutritionist for climbers and she really knows her shit. I have a bonus interview on optimizing digestion, gut health. I also have another interview on supplements, my top picks, and an FAQ. And I am so excited for all of this. So 
If you want to learn more about Elevate, again, you can go to the link in the show notes. I will include all of the information there. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching, or you can send me an email, chelsea at ladybetacoaching.com. So excited for this. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's going to be out in the world again. You also have the option to add on a training plan for three months, and this is going to help get you wicked strong. I have options available to where you can do it using a gym, all the equipment available at the gym, or if you just want to use your hangboard at home. I have options for both so that no matter where you are, you can get your workouts in. So incredibly excited for this. Okay, so let's jump into some of the Q&A for today. First question is tips for performance anxiety in the moment when climbing a project. Ooh, I love this question. So for me, I recently went through this right before I sent my first V10 and there was a lot of nerves and kind of thoughts of, oh my gosh, I don't even know if I can do this. Am I capable of this? You know, I really want to. And just reminding myself to be unattached to the outcome. Something that's been extremely helpful for me over the years is kind of thinking of things that I want to do as inevitable. So the things that I want goal-wise, they're just going to happen for me. And the more that I believe and truly live that way, for me, this is abundance mindset. The more that I live in the power of that and the energy of that in believing that the things that I want are coming my way and they're here already, they're literally on the way, the more I can actually let go of the outcome. So for me, that's really, really been helpful. And if you're having performance anxiety in the moment, What I would really ask yourself is, what am I making this climb or this send potentially mean about me, my value, what I have to offer other people? What am I making this mean about me? And I think once we are honest with ourselves and we do answer that question, you know, it's going to come down to, do you want your value and your worth to be attached to that send? Probably not. So reminding yourself that those two are completely separate things. You are worthy and valuable just as you are. You don't need to send anything. You don't need to prove anything in order to gain that worthiness or that value. So for me, it's really kind of like going a lot deeper and other things that you can do. You can take a couple deep breaths. So for me, breathing really makes you super present. So it's hard to be worrying about things that are going to happen in the future, things that have happened in the past when you're focused on breathing. So you can do what I like to call box breathing, where you breathe in for four, hold it for four, exhale for four counts, and hold that at the bottom for four counts. And you continue that. You can do about a minute of that. I'm not sure I would recommend much more than that. I'm not a breath work expert, but I usually do around a minute and find that to be really relaxing. It brings me to the present moment. I'm able to notice that my heart rate might be a little bit elevated after that, but quickly after it does come back down. So those are two of my favorite things that I like to do. I also like to make sure that I'm not overly tired um, because when I find that I'm overly tired and it, it just makes it a lot easier to be attached to that outcome and to kind of be a little bit more reactive when things aren't potentially going your way. I definitely like to take a more responsive approach. And for me, that just feels a lot better. Okay. Next question, mental tools for pushing through the fear. Super glad this question was asked. And for me, this was a huge one. So first let's tackle potentially the fear of falling because as a coach, when I work with climbers, this is the number one thing that comes up in terms of this is stalling my progress. You know, this is really holding me back. I'm finding this really difficult to overcome. So when you're talking about something like fear of falling, and I really want you to kind of go back to your childhood and 
ask yourself, where did this fear come from in the first place? When was the first time that I remember feeling this specific feeling? And how does it manifest for me now in my daily life? Is this something to where maybe I'm just really afraid of letting go of control? I have a hard time trusting people. Is this something to where I'm actually really worried that I'm going to get injured? I'm really worried that I'm going to hurt myself in some way. Digging deeper into that and seeing where exactly and what exactly is coming up for you can be really empowering. And a lot of the times, once you pinpoint something, it's not necessarily then that you have to go do a bunch of work around it, but sometimes just knowing your own story and narrative can be really helpful in stopping that behavior in the future. So mental tools for pushing through the fear. If you're talking actual tools, for me, brain rewiring is always going to be number one. Um, that's something that it has improved my life in every single aspect. Hands down, brain rewiring is one of the, I mean, honestly, best mindset tools for anything ever. So not only has it helped you with my climbing performance, my business, my relationships, my communication, like literally every aspect and area of my life has been improved from brain rewiring. Um, That's always something that I would recommend. I would absolutely work with a certified coach um, or join something like Synergy that's going to be relaunching in the fall. For me, that's always going to be number one. You can do basic things like mindset work, you know, where you really identify your limiting beliefs. You're going to be able to write, rewrite some of the stories around that as well. That's a huge portion of what we do in Elevate. And I think it's really fun also to have an outside perspective. So have somebody that you talk to, hire a coach, or really have somebody that is really familiar with you, your climbing style, and is able to give you constructive criticism and or feedback. You want to make sure that you're in a place that you're ready to hear this, not necessarily, you know, when you're having a bad day, a bad moment, kind of like a meltdown moment, making sure that you're ready to actually accept what people are going to be telling you from these things. It can be really helpful for us to have mirrors so that we can start to work through some of these things. You know, sometimes we're just a little bit too close to that subject, that topic, whatever it is, to really see how we could be acting any other way. So mental tools for pushing through the fear. We've talked a little bit about fear of falling. Let's talk a little bit about fear of failure. This is also a really, really common one, and it is kind of similar to the performance anxiety question where what are you making that mean about yourself? You know, uh, maybe it's the comparison trap that you're stuck in. Maybe it's just like you're afraid to try anything harder because you're afraid to fail. Asking yourself again, like, what am I making this mean about me, my worth, my value? And asking yourself, is that how you want it to be? Is that something that you want to be true for you? Or is that something that you want to start to let go of and shift and change? So when you're thinking of things like fear of failure, again, going back to your childhood, asking, you know, when was the first time that I really noticed that this came up for me? And what was the way and how was I raised in terms of was I praised when I did really well in school? Was I maybe punished for the opposite? And kind of thinking of that dynamic in that relationship of how you were treated and perceived when you did things, quote, well, and then the opposite too. So for me, doing a lot of inner child healing can be very, very helpful. Um, That's another mental tool that I like to use that is a big component of brain rewiring that can be really helpful is going back to these specific situations and essentially reparenting ourselves in the way that we needed to be parented at the time. And that's not a knock against our parents at all. That's We're all just different people and we need to be loved and spoken to in different ways sometimes. And sometimes some of those events can actually leave a huge mark on us 
us. And it's not until our, our, you know, adult years that we realize, wow, that actually had a huge impact on me. Okay, moving on to the next question. This one is, I beat myself up when I can't climb the same stuff I used to be able to do. How to fix this? Okay, loving all these mindset questions. If you guys know me, you know I absolutely love mindset work. It is such a huge passion of mine. Also why I included six modules. It's literally half the program in Elevate of mindset so that you can really have that solid base and foundation because if you don't have that, a lot of the work that, you know, would come out after that would be very shallow without that deep foundation of the mindset work, really teaching you how to think about things differently, how to thought shift, how to actually use our triggers as mirrors so that we can start to learn from those experiences. So I really want to pull out the last part of this question is how to fix this and kind of reflect that back to, I mean, if this is your question as well, is you don't need to fix anything. What you might need to look at and shift and change is that relationship that you have with yourself. And again, like, what are you making it mean? Like, if you can't climb the same stuff, does that mean you're less worthy? You're less of a good person that you're actually just not as strong? Those are probably, none of those are true. So for me, I want to share a little bit of a story here. And it's actually like, It was crazy to think of um, because I just really like, it puts so many different things into perspective for me. So for me, I went out to climb pretty early on in this season in Leavenworth, right when I first moved here. And I wanted to kind of repeat one of the V8s that I'd done. I think it was like either my first or second eight that I'd ever done. And I was all like gung-ho on it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I spent a couple of sessions on it. And I was like, uh, I can't like do this at all. Like I, I, I don't even know what happened when I did that because this is wicked hard. And I ended up finding something else to project, something that I had tried previously a couple of years ago and I was able to do that thing and it was a harder grade. So for me, again, that really put it into perspective like, okay, wow, yeah, maybe I can't do that one specific thing that I was able to do before, but I actually am stronger now and or I have a different skill set that's going to help me send other things. So what I would highly recommend for this is after kind of looking at what am I making this mean for myself is get on different shit. Your body is going to be super thankful and it's going to be a fun way for you to test your essentially new skill set and potentially new strength as well. Whereas getting on the same stuff that you used to be able to do. Like, what are you making that mean about your ability? Is that like a direct one for one? Oh, if I can't do this, I'm definitely not strong enough or I'm not any stronger than I was. And then that's going to ruin your confidence for the rest of the day. For me, it is super hard, but I really like to try to go into sessions with no expectations. And I like to ask myself, you know, like, am I under stress right now? What kind of has been happening the last week, the last month? And really checking in with myself in terms of nutrition, sleep, kind of all the basics as well. And I think, you know, it's just really rare that I ever meet somebody that I'm like, you need to be harder on yourself. Like, that's that's just not a thing. Like, most of us really do need to give ourselves a lot more grace and to be a lot nicer to ourselves, especially when things like this are happening. So yeah, maybe you used to be able to climb some of the stuff and now it feels really difficult. That's a great opportunity for you to practice different skill sets and since it means nothing about you, your worthiness, your value, your ability, I would honestly, like, if it's making you (laughs) grumpy or frustrated, I would get on different things. Um, And I would actually challenge you to get on things that are harder than those things that you can't, that you feel like you're not able to do. Okay, I want to take a second and tell you guys all about my newest favorite 
beverage. So I'm really excited about this because it's actually not my newest favorite. Um, I've been drinking this for months and I'm really excited because now I actually get to give you guys a discount code on this so that you can also try it. That is absolutely how I got hooked on it. Um, for me, sometimes it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to pay full price on things, but then you have the discount code and you're like definitely doing it now. Super excited. So what is it? It is, of course, it's a beverage. Um, I always post my beverages to Instagram. Um, I think I show a lot of people a lot of new beverages, maybe ones that they haven't had before. I get a lot of DMs about the things that I drink and I just love it because sparkling water is life and other beverages that are not water are also life. I'm not saying water's not great for you, it absolutely is, but sometimes you just need a little flavor. You need a little excitement in your life and maybe like seven different cups on your desk. Okay, so the thing that I've been drinking that I've been absolutely loving lately is from Organifi. So Organifi makes superfood products that are in beverage form. So they have a couple of different ones that are my all-time favorites right now. So they have their red juice, which is a natural energy booster and it has a lot of different red colored foods in it. It comes in a powder. It's really easily dissolvable in water. I put it in icy cold water in my shaker cup, shake it up, drink it midday, and it's a perfect energy boost. It doesn't have any sugar, any added sugar in there, and it tastes kind of like the red Kool-Aid. You know what I'm talking about, oh yes. And it's amazing, I love it so much. I also have been really loving their green juice as well. So similar to the red, but the green is this really delicious, minty, slightly sweet. It kind of tastes like the green juice that you're used to, but way, way better. I like to have this one in the morning. It's great for detox. It has a ton of superfoods in there as well, and it tastes way better than just normal green juice. Um, I was really hesitant and skeptical at first, but I decided to give it a try and I'm really glad that I did. Similar to the red juice, I like drinking it icy cold. Um, I actually will put ice in it and then put it in the fridge for a little bit and then drink it and sip on it throughout the morning. Absolutely love it. And okay, here's my all-time favorite from Organifi and oh my gosh, like, when they sell out of this, I am legitimately so sad. So I'm gonna give you the one that I've been drinking because I do think it's seasonal now and the other one that you can try in, as an alternative to it. So the one that I really love, and I think that you can get this on subscription, but it's actually chocolate gold. And so this is a turmeric based drink, but it tastes straight up like hot chocolate and it's so good. I have this almost every night with a little bit of Fizzy Vantage collagen and I put a little bit of non-dairy creamer in there. I drink it hot and it is so damn good. Um, I am definitely somebody that cannot get enough chocolate in my life. So the Organifi Chocolate Gold has been so delicious. Again, superfoods, turmeric based, so it helps with inflammation. And I've been loving drinking this before bed. It has magnesium, it has reishi in it. So those are both calming effects on the body. And the alternative to this is the Harmony. So Harmony actually helps with your cycle. It's going to help with if you have any period symptoms that are uncomfortable or unpleasant. This helps to bring your body back into balance and it is similar to the chocolate gold. It has a chocolate flavor. It's a little bit less of a deep, rich, dark chocolate, but it is still really, really good. Okay, so if you want to try out any of the Organifi products, they have travel packs, they have larger things, they have protein powders, and they really have a lot of great products on their website. You can go to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A. 
O-R-G-A-N-F-I, so Organifi with an I.com, and you can use the code LADYBETA for 15% off. I am super excited about this because you can actually use that code multiple times. It's not one of those ones that's a one-time use. So the code LADYBETA for 15% off anything from Organifi. I know you're gonna love it, and when you get your order, tag me in your stories on Instagram. I cannot wait to see what you've gotten because once you start to get hooked on the Organifi products, yeah, you're gonna be having a couple subscriptions. Um, for me, I was like, no way, there's no way this stuff is that good, but it truly is. And I am super excited that I was able to find these because now I'm hooked. I've gotta like have my beverage line up all day long and I am here for it. Okay, ready for the next question? It is how to combine training for sport climbing and doing trail running. So things like sequencing and number of sessions. So this is a great question, especially because we're coming up on summer. I don't know about you, but for me, summer means sport climbing season. I actually went out today for like the first official day of my sport climbing season. It's so fun to kind of have like a specific transition point. For me, that feels really good. I find it rather difficult to bounce back and forth between bouldering and sport climbing in a singular season. I do like to be kind of singularly focused. For me, that feels really good. But today was the official start of my sport climbing season, and it was fun to get back on old projects and kind of see, okay, wow, I feel so much stronger now. Maybe I just don't remember the beta or whatever it is, but it's really cool to take some time off and then return. So combining sport climbing and trail running, it kind of does depend on the distance for the trail running. I'm going to go ahead and kind of go like under 10 miles here and just kind of do like a more basic, if you're doing something like marathons, distance or ultra running, this is going to change this a little bit. But for me, what I really like when I I'm really into trail running and sport climbing at the same time. Sometimes, you know, it happens at the same time. Sometimes I go in waves. It just kind of depends. But for me, how I like to sequence things is really thinking about like, what's your priority? Is your priority, you know, training or is it sport climbing outside or is it trail running? So asking yourself, you know, where do my priorities lie? And then that'll probably really help you in terms of sequencing. So whatever is the biggest priority for you is going to be the thing that you want to do first. So if your priority is something like red pointing your first 12A, but you also want to go on a trail run, I would probably go out and climb first. And then if you're going to run in the same day, I would run later in the day or I would run on the next day on your quote rest day. Um, rest day from climbing. I'm not saying fill all of your rest days with exercise and activities. We know that we need true rest days. So if you're a person that's out there thinking I just gave you permission to have all the active rest days in the world, not what I'm saying. Um, in terms of sequencing, again, think of your biggest priority and I would go from there. So it kind of depends too on the type of person that you are. For me, I like one to two rest days, full rest days per week. So those are like, I'm pretty serious about those because I know when I don't rest in a week, that's when I start to get tweaky and injured and I start to overtrain. So I kind of like, even though I want to do things, I do almost force myself to just take those rest days because I know I'm going to feel so much better if I do that. 
So the number of sessions is really going to vary. I would say if you are prioritizing something like sport climbing, three to five times a week is going to be pretty appropriate. You know, if you're not somebody that is wanting to go pro in climbing, I think that you probably don't need to do more than five sessions. Again, rest is a good thing. Rest is your friend. Rest is how we actually get stronger. And if you're doing trail running, I mean, for me, I probably wouldn't want to be running five days a week. So I probably go anywhere from two to four and that feels really good for me personally but you know these are just guidelines so I would really feel it out for yourself and something that I would be really aware of is signs of overtraining so some of the signs can include a decreased appetite so if you're like yeah I'm just like really not hungry um, you could be overtraining if you're not sleeping well if you are seeing declining performance in both if you're really tired that's going to be another big indicator as well so those are not all of the signs of overtraining but just some of them that you can watch out for and I would really play with reducing the amount of sessions of the thing that is your lesser priority so keep as many sessions as you can of that thing that you are really excited about. So let's say, for example, you're equally excited about both things. I think you could do pretty well doing three to four days of either one of these. Maybe you do have some quote, double days. I'm not necessarily an advocate for double days for everyone. I think there are specific types of people that this could work well for. Obviously, if you have more time in your schedule, if you have a little bit more freedom and flexibility, but I would make sure that both of those activities are shortened versions. I'm not saying like go out for an entire day of sport climbing, get back home, and then go on a 10-mile trail run. No, no, no. Why are we doing that? Um, Like what's the actual purpose and point behind that but I would say if you're going to do something like maybe you project your sport climb and you put two or three burns on it and then you want to go on a shorter couple mile run later that for me I think is completely appropriate I do that quite often that's not to say that's right for everybody and I definitely don't do that all the time that is not a regular occurrence for me but sometimes I have a lot of energy and I just want to go out and go on a trail run or it's perfect summer weather and it just feels right For me, I am definitely somebody that plans a lot less now. I used to really be into planning my sessions and my training, but I like things to be a little bit more free-flowing now, and that feels really good for me. Okay, next question is rehab for painful wrists. So this question I'm going to refer out, and every single time that you have a question about injury, I think it is so important to work with a rehab professional. So three of my absolute favorite rehab professional. First one is going to be Natasha. She is amazing, Natasha Barnes. She does a great job of helping climbers return back to climbing a lot faster. She is brilliant. I actually did a podcast episode interview with her just a couple of months back. I will link that in the show notes. My second recommendation is Dr. Tyler Nelson of C4HP. Again, he does a great job. I've worked with him on quite a few different little finger injuries and was able to return to climbing pretty quickly. And my third is going to be Dr. Lexi of Summit Sport Cairo. She does an amazing job of helping people return back to their sports as well. 
And a lot of the times, you know, it can be kind of difficult to want to spend money on those rehab sessions. But I just want you to think about how important it is to really have like functioning body parts, things like fingers, shoulders, knees, wrists, and feel really good. And then kind of like your also your willingness to spend a hundred plus dollars on shoes. So for me, in my mind, it is so, so worth it to go see a rehab professional because they are going to absolutely give you the roadmap and they're going to accelerate your healing process, especially if this is something that is a little bit more chronic. You're going to be able to get help around this and hopefully be able to solve that problem for yourself. So rehab professional all the way, highly recommend working with people that this is their area of expertise. Um, Because for me, like, yes, I can give you some basic exercises, but I'm probably not going to be able to give you anything that is going to give you relief that lasts and or really helps to get down to the root cause of why they're hurting in the first place. Okay, last question, my skin prep and repair routine. Okay, love this. It's going to be a pretty simple answer because I absolutely love, 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 love rhino skin. Like literally can't get enough of it. Like if I don't have my rhino skin, I I mean, I don't even let myself run out. I shudder to think of what would happen because I really do love their repair lotion so much. I love it. So I've actually in Elevate included a skincare routine um, and I go in and describe all of the different products that Rhino has because I am that much of a nerd. Um, I like knowing what to use and when. And for me, my skin does not tend to be very moist. So I don't necessarily need things with drying agents or methenamine in them. So I use the performance pretty sparsely. So the performance from Rhino has the methenamine, the drying agent in it, and you're not going to want to use that every day. So if you are somebody that your skin just runs a little bit more moist, sorry if you super hate that word. I tend to, (laughs) I use it. I, I, makes me think of banana bread, which actually sounds super good right now. Um, I made some last week and it was excellent. Thank you for listening to my little side tangent there. But the performance is great using probably once every three days. You could also probably do it a little bit less frequently than that as well. Again, I don't tend to use that too incredibly much, but it also just depends on your individual skin and kind of like how it reacts. For me, I use the repair after every single climbing session. I get home, I wash my hands, put the repair on, and it just feels so good. Like I I honestly feel weird at this point if I don't put the repair on. I usually put it on multiple times a day before bed and it just feels really good. It really works for me, and I tend not to have a ton of skin problems because of it. I also really love the split stick from Rhino as well. I think it is brilliant. It is beeswax-based, and it really helps if you have any splits in your, you know, next to your nail in your cuticle, which really, really hurt, or if you have any kind of on the insides where your creases are, those can also really hurt. So for me, the split stick, I always carry it with me. I don't tend to need it very often because the repair does such a good job. And then I would like to note another thing that is pretty important when it comes to skin prep and repair is not soaking your hands. Don't soak your hands. So if you're doing things like dishes, just wear gloves. I promise you it is a game changer. I'm not saying that you have to shower with gloves on, but if you're in something like a hot tub, maybe not soaking your hands in there the entire time because the softer that you allow your skin to get, the more easily it could potentially rip or tear. So I like keeping my hands 
as dry as possible in terms of just not soaking them. Yes, definitely still wash your hands, but just pay attention to how often your hands are spending time in water. And I think that that can be really, really helpful. Absolutely loved these questions. These types of episodes are my favorite because I get to hear from you guys and exactly what you want to learn. It is awesome for me just to be able to like sit down and answer some questions and to really feel like I'm able to connect with the people that listen. And it's just so fun to be able to do this. So if you are loving the show and you have not yet left a rating or review, I would absolutely, I would so appreciate it. Like I'm sitting here just begging you to go leave a rating and a review if this is something that you're enjoying listening to. It really, really helps other people find the show. It helps boost me in the iTunes algorithm as well. And it gives me great feedback on what you're enjoying from this show, what you're maybe not loving so much. I always love honest ratings and reviews. For me, it is just such a great way to get feedback on the show. Sometimes it feels a little bit like I'm speaking out into the void. So that really helps me. It gives me a lot of direction. I hope you loved this episode. If you listen to it and want to tag me on your stories on Instagram, I always love seeing that. I love reposting it and seeing what people are enjoying. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will be talking to you next episode.